it is no secret that our fans are hungry for competition, and not just in Carver-Hawkeye Arena, but everywhere, everywhere we go, everywhere we're going to go, Florida, Arlington, Texas, Ames, Iowa, everywhere we go, Carver-Hawkeye Arena, Big Ten Tournament in Lincoln, Nebraska. We're going to Lincoln, Nebraska the week before that. Got people talking about those events. We're going to be here. We're going to be there. And, of course, we'll be in Carver-Hawkeye Arena. As we like to say, the season is upon us. We're there. are here we made it we've kind of sort of been here for i don't know maybe two weeks now some some people have been here a little bit longer it's it's uh it's wednesday november 17th hey what's up hello guys welcome to in the room a wrestling podcast from the des moines register i'm cody goodwin the register's wrestling writer and i am glad you are here um it's officially match week, right? And I, you know, officially in air quotes because the Hawkeyes have already competed, so have um, various iterations of both the Cyclones and the Panthers. It was also the first week of practice for the Iowa High School wrestling programs here around the state. Wrestling's back in full swing, um, and we're going to get, I think, maybe the first true full taste of it this Friday when the Hawkeyes uh, host Princeton at Carver Hawkeye Arena. That is Friday. Duel is set for 7 p.m. You can watch it on BTN Plus. Get your streams ready. Um, gonna be a fun one, I think, for a um, handful of ways. It's also gonna be an intriguing one, right? And I think that's more or less what we're gonna talk about today. Pretty full show. Um, got some interview clips that I wanna lay down for you guys from, of course, Tom Brands, also Abe Asad, Zach Glazier, Alex Marinelli. And then we're gonna round out the show uh, pulled an Intermat card, um, and we brought on Austin Summer um, to chat about Princeton and just the duel this Friday, kind of what we're expecting to see, what he's seen from Princeton so far, and just some matchups that we are looking forward to. Um, yeah, you know, we are here. Um, as Tom said, uh, the season is upon us. We did learn a few things from the Luther Open last weekend, right? We learned a few things from the Grandview Open as well, probably not as revealing or as much. There were a few interesting things there with regards to uh, mostly Iowa State um, particularly at 125 pounds, Kyson Tarakino wrestled unattached, ended up winning the tournament. He, bre- he beat Corey Cabanban, who wrestled attached um, in the finals of that tournament. So kind of curious to see what Iowa State coach Kevin Dresser is going to do there. Um, otherwise, um, well, and then I guess at 165, Isaac Judge ended up winning the tournament and beat a handful of notable guys on his way to first there. Um, Otherwise, ton of freshmen elsewhere, freshmen, sophomores, um, especially from you and I, um, a lot of familiar names took the mat, um, you know, Adam Aronson, Caleb Runyon, um, RJ Weston, um, John Gunderson, lots of guys um, that were in their recruiting class that just they got to hit the mat this weekend. Right. And so it was just really fun to see that um, we've been watching a little bit of wrestling here and there on and on or on and off all month. Um, but the Hawkeyes are going to be officially formally back in action um, after the Luther Open this weekend. They'll be in Carver on Friday. Um, what did we learn from Luther? We learned a few things, right? Um, it was kind of an interesting day. Uh, we learned that Jesse Ibarra um, wrestled attached, 125 pounds, probably going to be the guy that's going to spell Spencer from time to time um, as the season unfolds. Tom more or less um, said that that was the plan when we got to talk to him earlier this week. I have that clip, um, that you guys will be able to listen to also posted the video yesterday. Um, went ahead and tweeted that if you guys want to go find it. Um, what else did we learn? We learned that some of the young guys, um, are coming on pretty strong, right? Um, you know, namely Colin Shriver at 133, Patrick Kennedy at 165. Um, both those guys got to the finals and lost to the presumptive starters for the Hawkeyes this year. Um, Austin DeSanto beat Shriver eight to four, um, beat him in the inter squad match two. And then Patrick Kennedy got to the finals, but lost to Alex Marinelli, um, three to two, pretty epic high level wrestling match there. Um, Maybe a lot closer than some people thought, or maybe it was just kind of revealing to see how good Patrick Kennedy has has done. Um, I thought it was a little revealing just, um, you know, Alex Marinelli got four matches in a day, and it's been, you know, what, eight months or so since he um, got to compete in a, you know, I, I, 
high, I don't I wouldn't call the Luther high level, but hey, he got to compete, right? You know, and, and obviously his finals match is pretty high level. Um, you know, learned learned a few other things here and there. There's there's a little bit of depth there for the Hawkeyes at 149. You know, Vince Turk, Bretley Reyna. Um, you know, Reyna ended up beating Turk in the semifinals. Kobe Seabrett got to the finals, beat a couple of really really tough D3 customers, and looked pretty good doing it for the most part. A um, little bit of depth that um, obviously depth at 97 and heavyweight. Right, Zach, uh, Jacob Warner and Zach Glazier did not wrestle in the finals at 197, but they both got there. Um, Aaron Costello, I think the plan was for him to go get a couple of matches, and he got a couple of matches and looked pretty good at Luther. Um, you know, handful of other superstars just kind of did what they do, right? Jaden Ironman took care of business. Caleb Young took care of business. Abe Asad took care of business until he got to the finals. Um, you know, I know that there was um, a few people that had reactions to him losing to a uh, high school senior, Clayton Whiting, a Mizzou recruit out of Wisconsin. I think he's a top 40 recruit if we're using Willie's Matt Scout rankings. Um, you know, 4-3, Whiting ended up winning that match. Um, wouldn't worry too much about it, to be quite honest, guys. Um, you know, that's Abe's first, you know, day of competition. He got four matches in first time in, you know, year and a half or so. And, and we talked to, we talked to him about that, um, this week. So you can kind of hear his thoughts and, you know, he's, he, he feels pretty good, you know, just to be able to get a competition like that under his belt. It's been a while for him. Um, so it was just encouraging to see him do a lot of things. Um, yeah, I, you know, it, revealing here and there a little bit, right? Um, you know, and then, you know, just what does it mean for Friday, right? You know, I think clearly we'll probably see Jesse Ibarra at 125. Um, very curious to kind of see what Tom's plan is at 149, at least in the early going. Um, I know I, I tweeted the picture of the probable lineups, um, which included a handful of options at 149, none of them being Max Murin. Um at least not yet. So clearly he's, he's working his way back from something. Um, TBD at 174. There's a handful of options there. I think they could go with, um, you know, maybe Michael Kemmer, maybe Nelson Brands. Um, Brennan Swafford wrestled this past weekend unattached at 174. So you wonder what the plan for him is this weekend. Um, you know, there, there's a few different options there I think they could go with. Um, you know, I, I remember last year that Patrick Kennedy ended up bumping up and getting a match at 174. So I, I don't know that they'll, they'll, toss him out there, but I guess the opportunity or the, or the chance is there, so we shouldn't rule it out. Um, yeah, and then both, you know, both Warner and Glazier um, listed at 97. Maybe we'll see Glazier if I'm reading the tea leaves correctly. Um, yeah, lots of, lots of interesting things, I think, um, heading into Friday's home opening duel, Iowa versus Princeton. Um, yeah, just, you know, just kind of some random thoughts that I had at the start. Um, it's going to be kind of interesting um, on Friday. Uh, just kind of who's who's doing what, um, you know, what kind of lineup we'll see. I, I don't know that the lineup we'll see against Princeton is going to be Iowa's best lineup this season, and that's okay, um, you know, because and as you'll hear from Austin coming up here near the end of the show, um, not sure that this is going to be Princeton's best squad either. You know, we, we kind of circled a handful of matchups um, that we thought could be intriguing for various reasons. Looking ahead to that duel, and, and we'll break down that more once we get later into the show, but... Um, I think I've rambled enough by now. Those are those are some of my random thoughts here on this Wednesday, a few days removed, obviously, from the Luther Open now and just kind of trying to recall what all we, um, you know, everything that I thought was kind of interesting from that day, right? It was just, I, I, the, I think the big takeaway from me, though, is that, like, it's really nice that we're going to get some of these open tournaments back again because they can be very revealing. Um, they can be a lot of fun. They can kind of show us. Um, quite a bit about these guys, right? Because it's multiple matches um, at some of these open tournaments, multiple high level matches in a sing in the single day. Um, you know, so how do they how do they deal with that? How do they how do they move forward from certain things? How do they navigate specific matches? How do they navigate the time between matches? Um, so there's there's a lot of things about these that are revealing, and and I'm really pumped that um, you know the Luther Open, the Grandview Open. Um, the first weekend of, of what's going to be a handful of opens, right? So I know that, you know, Dactronics open is coming up this weekend. Weekend after that, you're going to have the Cyclone open. The UNI open, I know, is going to be um, on the schedule here for a bunch of teams as well. Um, so there's, you know, Lindenwood open. I know that's that's a tournament that Iowa teams have routinely gone to compete at, or they've at least sent iterations of their team to go compete at. So very excited that we got these open tournaments back. Um, always kind of fun to kind of scan the results, see what we learn, how do these guys look, this, that, and the next thing. So um, we got a, we got a small taste of that with Luther and Grandview this past season. But yeah, okay, I'm, I'm going to keep rambling unless I stop myself. So I'm going to stop myself now. I've um, got a handful of interviews that I want to bring with you guys. First, um, 
We got to catch up with Tom Brands, obviously, earlier this week, um, as well as, like I mentioned before, Abe Asad, Zach Glazier, Alex Marinelli. So that is where we are going to go now with the show. We'll start with Tom, um, just his weekly press conference, about 10 minutes, and then we got about five minutes each with Abe Glazier and Alex Marinelli. So uh, fun conversations with all of these guys. We will go um, in that order. Tom, Abe, Glazier, and Marinelli. I hope you guys enjoy. Welcome back, everybody. It's been a while. Uh, Tom will open with a statement. We'll take some questions. Tom, I'll let you kick things off. We'll throw it up to questions. It's a good thing that – see, I thought this press conference was at 2.15, and it's a really good thing that it was at 2.30 because I was ready to go on a tear um, with some Iowa football opponents and the chirp, chirp, chirpiness, and then Ferrich just keeps whipping tail. I mean, I just keep hearing this stuff, and this guy's going to Southern California, and that guy's going to Southern California, and he might end up at LSU. And they got, like, 12 losses between them. And yet they keep talking about the Hawks, and then you know what? The Hawks keep coming out on top. How's that? What you learn from the guys' performances at the Luther Open this weekend? I learned that... The season started, and we have Princeton in front of us. Um, there's always little things to look at, to talk about. There's always things to get better at, and our guys march to the beat of that drummer very well. We have a great group of guys that they love being around each other. They love the mat. It's a lot of fun for them to grow in their wrestling, and when they come back from a weekend like that with a lot to work on, um, it just, it's a little bit different than maybe like analyzing a practice room situation and then trying to get better there. So we're, as we like to say, the season is upon us. We're there. You know, this team is made up of a lot of veterans. You also have a lot of young talent as well that's created a lot of depth. Could we see just different lineups pretty much throughout the season to give guys breaks and keep people fresh and get other guys mat time, stuff like that? Uh, I think that's an individual by individual basis. It always is. Um, we're all competitors, and we all want to be on the mat. Uh, but what's best for the individual is what's best for the team. And... If I'm wrong in that assessment, then that will be on me. But we will make individual decisions um, first, and then we will make decisions on what's best for the team. And if you don't know what I mean, then to answer your question more directly, I would say that um, maybe a guy could go um, if it was a Big Ten tournament, uh, but there's no need to go when it's November. What do you like from Abe Assad's offseason preparation, and how's he looking? Um, what do I like about Abe Assad? I like that he has uh, scoring ability. I like he is is his potential. Um, I'm kind of waiting to see, and we have a pretty good relationship, me and him. I'm kind of waiting to see him pick it up a little bit. And so, like, I've been talking sign language to him. Like, when I walk by him, I don't use my voice. I just do something, I go like this, and I go, what does that mean? And then he tells me what that means. So what that means to me is that we're on the same page, um, and we just get him going a little bit with his pace. Tremendous potential, and you can talk about that at this level about a lot of different guys in a lot of different places. Um, and, and we also know that the edge is what sets us apart as competitors, and one of his edges is going to be the pace that he wrestles at and add it to your wrestling and don't wait. Do not wait. Jesse wrestled attached this weekend and it looks like he's listed to go this Friday. What what kind of went into that decision to throw him out there? Uh, I don't think you're throwing anybody out there. These guys have been here a year. Um, you wouldn't say we were throwing him out here if COVID hadn't happened. Um, 
in my mind, we have several people in that category, Raina, Shriver, Kennedy. Um, we threw them out there the same way. They just weren't on a red shirt. Um, what goes into that is an individual basis like we talked about. Um, and, you know, we're going to need a 25-pounder down the stretch here and there. And we're not, um, you know, we're not going to sit here and play the, like the don't ask me game, but it, you're, you know, you're talking about Spencer Lee and what his availability is and his availability is he will be on the mat when he's on the mat and we need a 125 pounder in the meantime. And we have a couple different options there and Ibarra was the one option in Luther. You like about the way he specifically wrestled on Saturday? I like that he can stay in there and go after some things where in the past maybe he wouldn't stay in there and go after things. He would try to like run a clock out maybe when there's like three minutes left. That's not a good habit. Um, and he stayed in there and didn't look at the clock and watch it tick down and you're vulnerable when that happens and um, I think he's probably very eager at this chance he has and whether or not you want to say that there's more at stake when you're out of red shirt um, and I can debate that and say hey, why? Why is there more at stake? And there shouldn't be but some people there is so there's probably more at stake in his head um, putting an Iowa singlet on. Shouldn't be the case, but it is sometimes. Tom, do you have to say anything to your guys about the uh, fans in the building for the first time in two years? What to expect? I think they know they saw um, what they see. They saw fans in Luther, and I saw a volleyball game that had the coaches were wearing masks when I clicked on the Big Ten Network the other day or when I was flipping the channels. I don't know where it was. Um, anything can happen. Are there, is there still a mask mandate somewhere? I don't know. Um, whatever they tell us to do, we will do. And we've sold a record number of season tickets, and that's exciting. Um, the, the thing about Iowa wrestling is, is the footprint that it carries from a media point of view it is no secret that our fans are hungry for competition, and not just in Carver-Hawkeye Arena, but everywhere, everywhere we go, everywhere we're going to go, Florida, Arlington, Texas, Ames, Iowa, everywhere we go, Carver-Hawkeye Arena, Big Ten Tournament in Lincoln, Nebraska. We're going to Lincoln, Nebraska the week before that. Got people talking about those events. We're going to be here. We're going to be there. And, of course, we'll be in Carver-Hawkeye Arena. So I don't think we have to talk much about it. You know, there have been some dominant teams that have come through, obviously, in the past. What, what is it about this team that has led to, you know, a record number? This is a huge uh, amount of season tickets sold. What, what makes this different than maybe the dominant Iowa teams from before? Well, there weren't fans last year, so that add that to it. People are hungry. Fans are hungry. There is potential for a, a very powerful team. Um, and there's some new blood that you're throwing in there. And we talked about the storylines are deeper than just, you know, a high-powered team. And, you know, there's some things that are clearer now, um, you know, maybe after Luther, but, you know, it's still week to week or day to day or however you want to say it. So a lot of work to do. There's a lot of time. Uh, we're starting in November. That's good. We're not waiting until January. Um, COVID's not behind us, uh, but hopefully... The protocol is, you know, relaxed enough to where our fans are able to enjoy, you know, Haw Hawkeye athletics indoors the way that they should be able to enjoy, them in enjoy athletics indoors. 
do you want fans or do you expect fans to want competition within your wrestling room? For example, the, the battle behind Spencer at 125, for example. I'm uh, not sure there's a battle with Spencer at 125. Um, you know, you could use some other examples, maybe be more, um, you know, whatever, but like, you know, 65, you can use that example. You can use 133, you could use that example. Um, we, yes, we want competition. We want competition. We want young guys thinking that they can go. We want young guys thinking that it's their turn and why wait? What's going to go into the decision to uh, at 149 come Friday? Uh, C won the tournament. Um, you know, like I said, it's November. There's a lot of competitions. I mean, we got three guys there, right? One, two, three, and at Luther and overtime match, and then uh, medical forfeit the finals. Probably pretty even, but. You know, we'll, we'll evaluate day to day and week to week. How's Max doing? What's that? Max Murin. Uh, good. Yeah, he factors in. So, for sure. So. Because mm -hmm. I was really expecting to make that comeback for junior, like, World Team Trials and whatnot. But, I mean, I kind of had a deal with the uh, consequences right and this preseason and this even the end of the summer I was really really going hard wrestling hard wrestling a lot just getting as much mat time as I can and that's kind of what how it was you know at Luther too just getting that mat time is that's what I need right now and it's going to help me you mentioned at media day that you kind of leaned on camera a little bit what what's mm -hmm. some of the things that he might have told you through the whole process uh he that told me you can learn a lot from just watching people wrestle mm -hmm. and I never really I mean I I like watching wrestling, right? But I, I'm not like I'm. I'll admit I'm not the guy that goes home and watches wrestling 24/7. You know, on my, on my couch, right? Uh, I do other things. Um, but when I am watching wrestling, like when I was sitting out last year, you can learn a lot. These guys are. You see so many different moves, right? Then when I'm just wrestling in practice, I only see what the guy next to me is. Do, the guy in wrestling, and maybe the group next to me is doing. Whereas in practice, when you're watching it, you can see all this different stuff these guys are doing. You know what people are doing right, what they're doing wrong, and. I think that definitely helped me. I know people have probably already asked it, but what'd you, what'd you, what'd you get out of this weekend? What'd you learn? Yeah, um, no, I think I definitely, overall, I just needed the mat time for sure. So I think if you're looking at positives, mat time is definitely something I needed and it was good for me. I think uh, I definitely learned, learned a lot from even the matches that I, that I won, right? I learned a lot and that I need to keep my pace high. And that's something I've been, focusing on all summer is trying to build my pace, build my pace. And I think Tom mentioned it earlier and it's gonna come with practice, right? And it's gonna come with matches and doing it in practice as well. And pace and other than that, I mean, kind of just, you know, staying in there, staying in the fight. I think I kind of maybe got a little like, um, what's the word, word I'm looking for? Maybe slow down a little yeah. and that's something I don't want to do. So just keep staying in the fight. Yeah, I know you guys do, you know, simulated matches practices are obviously mm -hmm. grueling but um you know to get what three matches in a day for the yeah. first time in what seems like forever no. for you like yeah no i wrestled i mean those three matches were i those three matches i had on day were the most matches i wrestled in a year and a half you know yeah, right. before that right so maybe even longer i don't even know so yeah it was it's nice you know more matches the better and i'm obviously going to get a match this friday and I'm, I'm excited and i'm ready to go and it's been a while so, yeah in terms of just like feel like what like what is the difference between like a simulated match in the room where you guys weigh in you get ready whatever and then you know three matches in a day at the luther open right yeah i think uh well obviously one of them is you know just your wrestling kids that you you know you know you wrestle them all the time so that's yeah. you that's something it's kind of hard to explain to someone who ha that doesn't go through that but it's it's definitely not the same, right? But it's just, it's, we try to make it as close as you can, but it's never going to be the same as, you know, when you're out wrestling actual guys, right? I got the Luther Open, for example. But I think those matches definitely help. And, I mean, I'm, we're probably going to do some simulated matches this week again, you know, because 
those guys need those you mean live wrestling and match wrestling are those are two different completely different things and any wrestler could tell you that absolutely yeah you've you've experienced a, a pretty full carver hawkeye arena when mm -hmm. you guys hear that season tickets have sold out and and you're gonna have you know close to fourteen thousand at every home duel this mm -hmm. year i what do you think of that especially knowing that the first one's this friday uh no i mean i'm i'm pumped and you know it's it's you never it never gets old you know i've only wrestled in carver three times i think but i mean it never gets old you know and i'm so excited i just got this year and you know two more years after this wrestling carver and i mean yeah it's nice hearing fourteen thousand people right i mean i remember wrestling at penn state i mean that that was the greatest atmosphere i've ever been in right as far as wrestling goes and i mean i think every duel is going to be damn near the same this year so it's going to be crazy and i'm excited friday night you know light it up uh very important question have you thought about your walkout song? Uh, yeah, I'm sticking with Iron Man. So, <laughs> yep. And that one, you, that. you chose that one because like little history there with your dad, right? Yeah. So my, uh, so actually, I when I found out I was getting my red shirt pull on the or like it was after I got my red shirt pull, I was on the way back on the team bus from Indiana. Uh, I was like trying to think of songs. I was having my headphones on. I was thinking all these plain songs. I was like, ah, I don't know, I don't know. I texted one of my buddies who's like pretty big into music. I was like, what's a, what, give me a good walkout song. And he sent me that and I was like, this is perfect because me and my dad, I just totally forget, me and my dad used to always listen to that song and then like uh, the first Iron Man movie, you know, when that came out, it was yeah. just like, oh. So yeah, I mean, he kind of, it was kind of a team effort picking that song, but it was perfect and I'm, I'm sticking with it for probably who knows, probably a while. <laughs> I know it's like, that's, it's a goofy question, but like some of you guys put a lot of thought into this. No, yeah, for sure. Uh, Iron Man wanted to steal my song because you know, <laughs> his last, so he was asking me if I was going to keep it, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm keeping my song." So, but you know, yeah, guys. I mean, some you got guys who really, you know, Spencer obviously had the same song his whole career, right? And you got guys like Young has changed his walkout song like 12 times, I think. So <laughs> I don't know. They're, they're, guys, it's it's different. You know, every guy's different. Yeah, absolutely. It kind of shows cases your personality a little bit. Yeah, too, right? no, for sure, 100. percent Yeah. And then you got DeSanto. He, I don't know. I don't even think he picked his walkout song. I think he just had someone pick it for him. So <laughs> yeah, it's 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 funny. That's funny. Thanks. Um, got to wrestle this past weekend. How'd you feel about the way you competed? Um, I felt good. It's good to just get out there for the first time and, and blow the lungs out, get some real competition, other people than, you know, what's in the room. Yeah. So I felt good about it. Yeah, is there nice to get a weekend of, of folk style like that after? I know you put a lot of emphasis on freestyle through the spring and summer, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I haven't wrestled a folk style match since the you know, middle of the season last year. So it's been a while. So, yeah, it's good to get in there. Yeah. What, uh, what, what are the conversations like with... I, have you had a conversation with Tom about? I mean, you're listed on the probables. You could go this week. I mean, is that? Have you guys talked about that? Yeah, we've talked about it. Um, in my mind, I'm I'm going. I'm the guy ready to go. And I mean, that's how you got to think, anyways. But you know, especially now, that's how I'm thinking, and and I'm prepared for it. So. Absolutely. Have you thought about what that moment is going to be like to step out there, and especially this year with you know the amount of season tickets that you guys have been selling? Yeah, I mean, I've thought about it for since I was a, a little kid. So you know, it's try to not dwell on it now and get prepared to go out and take care of business. Yeah, so. not just maybe even before like a you know, matchup in, in Carver, but like before big wrestling matches in general. How do you specifically calm yourself down to just kind of keep focus? Um, I mean, at any time I've been in that type of at, obviously I haven't been in Carver Hawkeye Arena, but that atmosphere, um, I feel like it propels me, makes me better. And so, yeah, you get a little nervous, but you tell yourself like, this is this is good for me this is my advantage and um just you know you control what you can control and yeah have you uh do you have like an early carver memory like you know as a fan i mean you've been part of the program for the last few years or um not i mean the early the first time i was ever in carver was 2012 olympic trials okay. so i guess yeah i mean I, I remember that pretty vividly but yeah what do you remember about that oh man it was <laughs> I remember it being the freaking wildest thing I've ever seen at that point. <laughs> and just, oh man, seeing Tom and Terry run around there. And it was, I don't know, there's a lot of things I guess I could think about, but it was, it was pretty crazy, I remember. Yeah. So. I know last year was kind of weird, but, um, you know, what, what do you, I, have you, obviously you've been back since. What's the, do you have a, another memory that sticks out? Or? Um, I mean, like that Penn State duel, right? Yeah. I mean, that Penn State duel was awesome. That's the you know most packed it's it's ever been in there when I've been in there. 
and um, so yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty cool one that sticks out for sure. Absolutely. Um, very important question. Have you thought about your walkout song? <laughs> I have. Yep. What's it going to be? I don't want to give it away. <laughs> it's good. I like it. I think it's good. What goes into a decision like that? Because that's, I, we joke, but like, you know, some of you guys put a lot of thought into that. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, obviously something that I like, but something that I think is going to be a little bit popular, maybe set me apart just a little bit. I got Make you. people remember me a little bit for that too. What's so. the, uh, what, do you remember any funny walkout songs from, you know, just Carver over the years? Oh. Like there's been some classics, right? Yeah, well, obviously, like, Spencer, Spencer's isn't funny, but you get everyone clapping along with that. That's freaking, that's classic, right? Yeah. And then, I mean, Warner's is always funny. You know, <laughs> Fat Bottom Girls. You know, that gets people going, too. So, those are some examples there, but. Yeah, absolutely. So, no no hints whatsoever of what it might be. No. Cool. It'll it'll happen. <laughs> I gotcha. Oh, and what did you learn about this weekend? Um, got some mat time in. Obviously, a big finals match, but um, first time you probably competed in a setting in like a that long in a long time. Yeah, yeah, I was just talking with Caleb Young about it. He's like, man, it's really cool to be in a tournament like this again and uh, and be wrestling in November um, in a tournament. So. Um, it's a good familiar feeling that we got to experience again and it's a good opportunity to display what we've um, done and, and, and worked on in the summer and um, it was just a great time. Yeah. So um, for you specifically, how did you I mean how did you feel like you wrestled, you know, as the tournament went along? Yeah. I felt, you know, the first match obviously is a good you know it was a good opener. Um, you know, you got a you're a little rusty knocking off some rust but um, as the day went on, I started to feel, you know, a lot stronger and a lot, um, you know, I, I'm healthy, I'm, I'm confident, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. I'm, I'm excited, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, it was good to be on the mat, you know, having Terry in my corner and, and just telling me to move my feet, move my hands. is just familiar and just getting back to where I know. Yeah. Um, with with a rib, how much of, you know, because I know with, like, other injuries, like, guys almost have to, like, relearn how to trust yeah. certain movements and stuff. Like, did you ever have something like that, or what was it like for um, you coming back? Yeah, a little bit. I think it's a lot of being smart, too, just who I go with. Um, you know, I'm a six-year senior, so Tom's kind of being uh, picky on who I go with and, and who's spiking me into the mat and just, just little <laughs> things. I mean, you know, obviously you got to test it and when you go live, and um, I've done that, and I've, I'm battle-ready and battle-tested, but... Um, you know, there, there is, there's times where, you know, you gotta, you gotta figure out what positions you, you should be in. And obviously when I heard it out, my elbows were extended, my, my arms were extended and you got to keep your arms in and elbows in when, and when you're wrestling in general. So, um, you know, there's just a lot of learning from that. Yeah. The, the, the finals match, obviously I, the, my biggest takeaway was that clearly you guys go in the room quite a yeah, bit, right? Like do. there's a, there's a yeah, lot of pretty, I mean, I think every, we're familiar with, I know how Caleb Young wrestles. I know Cameron, they know how I wrestle. So it's, it's a familiar, um, face and, and guy that I've, I've gone with and, um, I've tried to mentor and tried to try to lead and, um, he's, he's, he's good on that. And I think he's, uh, he's, he's pretty mature for, uh, for his, for his grade. I mean, obviously age is just a number. So, yeah, that's a, well, and that's a funny dynamic too, where you're trying to mentor this guy. And now, you know, obviously that match meant a lot to him, right? Like that's, you know, this is the guy that wants to take your spot a little bit. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) obviously, you know, I'm a love, I love him as a brother, but when we get on the mat, it's, it, I mean, obviously I respect him as an opponent. And, uh, when we get on the mat, no matter who I'm wrestling, I could wrestle my brother. I could wrestle my, uh, my uh my sister i could wrestle anyone it don't matter like a a wrestling match is a wrestling match so um i'm gonna go out there and i'm gonna compete and uh i knew he he wants to win as much as i want to win so it's uh it's it's all game when you get on the mat so 100 percent. you've you've seen carver at its craziest Mm -hmm. um when you hear that season tickets have sold out and you're probably you guys probably i see the smirk you guys are probably gonna have 14,000. when you you see the 14th and when you see season tickets sold when you're a recruit, why not come here? Like, why would you not want to come here? Why would you not want to be in this environment and in a fun environment and um, hostile environment? But they're on our side, so you know what I mean. So you always want to be in a coliseum where they're on your side, and and they are. So um, it's pretty exciting. Uh, I have a lot of people asking me for tickets, um, but uh, you know you gotta you gotta just thank the fans. I mean the fans are showing out. And they're gonna show up, and they're gonna they're gonna be loud, and they're gonna be crazy. So yeah, do you have a favorite Carver, Carver memory moment? Um, I think all of them are awesome. I think obviously Kemmer beating Mark Hall, Alex Meyer beating Mark Hall, um, just those big key matches. Uh, I know obviously when I when I get a big win and you know you, you feel you feel the crowd. I mean you just you feel the fire and you know it's it's awesome. I think um, 
beating Isaiah White the way I did, how to ride him out in the, in the second period. And I just watched that literally last night, just getting ready for Carver experience. And uh, I don't know, you just, just a lot. I think all of them, I think all of them are great. So. Yeah, um, very important question. Have you thought about your walkout song? Yeah, it's Drago's entrance. Yeah, I have it every year. So Drago's when Rocky Four when he comes out and yeah. that's what's playing and um, put out something on like Instagram. It's like Hey Siri, yeah, play, he's yeah. play it. So that, that's like uh, that's my my patent um, walkout song. Why that one? I think it's I think it's B A. I think it's awesome. Obviously he's the Russian, but I mean it's it's pretty cool. So it's, it's awesome. Yeah, I mean a little bit, but he's uh, it's a cool. It's it's just pretty intense. So. I Works well you. with the fire and the smoke. So I like it. Yeah, I like it. All I need. To Excellent stuff from all those guys. Always appreciate the time that we get to chat with them. Um, and it's fun to actually like talk to them about wrestling. Right. Um, and that's I'm very much looking forward to um, talking to those guys face to face this year. Um, I, I understand the zoom. There was, there was a convenience level about all the zoom calls last year as we were still kind of navigating the, the COVID-19 pandemic. And we are still, uh, navigating that. Let's, I don't want to, I don't want that to get lost, but, um, you know, it's a lot easier to kind of read energy and play off energy and, and really have full, full conversations with these guys, um, when you're face to face to them. So very much looking forward to that for the rest of the year. The rest of this pod, um, going to be dedicated to Friday's duel, Iowa Princeton. Uh, maybe you heard, um, I bought on Austin summer, who is the EIWA correspondent for Intermat. Um, I do big 10 stuff for Intermat. Um, here and there, he is the expert on all things Ivy and, uh, wanted to talk to Austin just about Princeton, you know, like what, what do we know about this team coming in? Um, what should we expect to see come Friday night at Carver Hawkeye arena? Um, so me and him kind of broke down the duel, um, really just kind of broke down both teams. Like, what do we know about both teams? Who do we expect to wrestle? Um, what matches are we looking forward to? I know that there were a handful that we circled, um, you know, very excited to see, uh, this coming Friday. Um, and just kind of, you know, just kind of, Hey, just, you know, um, riffing on, on Iowa Princeton, because I think, you know, even though we, we are probably not going to see Spencer Lee, Pat glory, and that's where Austin and I kind of begin the conversation. Um, still some intriguing, um, aspects of this duel that I think, um, Iowa fans should pay attention to Princeton fans. I think we'll be paying attention to, and obviously wrestling fans at large, um, should be paying attention to. So great, great conversation. Um, going to lay that down here to round out the rest of today's show, Austin summer and me talking Iowa Princeton. Um, I hope you guys enjoy this conversation as much as we did. I will see you guys on the other side. As promised, um, here with our EIWA experts, uh, pulling an Intermac card here, um, Austin here to talk about Princeton because Iowa wrestles Princeton on Friday. That's how they're going to open the, the 2021 dual season, I guess, since a handful of guys hit the mat. Um, Let's start here, Austin. Um, how upset is Pat Glory that he will not be wrestling Spencer Lee on Friday? <laughs> I mean, before we get there, I just want to say thanks for the compliment, calling me a master of the IWA. I don't think I'm quite there yet, but you know, maybe maybe in time I will be. Um, but yeah, I talked to Coach Ayers today, obviously Princeton head coach, and he was kind of expecting um, the Glory and Lee match was not going to happen. Seems like you pretty much just confirmed that, so... And I think it's it's okay for Glory. He was just wrestling at U23 Worlds, you know, a week ago, week and, week and a half, two weeks ago. Um, so he's kind of getting back in a folk style mode, and he's on a different training cycle. So I think this would be a good, you know, warm-up for him, getting back in a folk style season here. Um, not saying the Iowa backup's a slouch, but he's definitely, you know, he's no Spencer Lee. Yeah, right. So this is this is he'll wrestle presumably um, unless the probables change, but very rarely do they change when Iowa hands them out to us on Tuesday. Jesse Ibarra, um, I still, still technically, I think eligibility wise, a true freshman. He was a heralded recruit coming out of Sunnyside, same high school as Roman Bravo Young. Um, this won't be his first time in Carver Hawkeye Arena. He actually, when when who's number one came to Carver, um, he beat Jacason Burks, if I remember that correctly. Mm -hmm. um, so he's you know Fargo champ, um, Cadet World Team Trials finalist. I think he lost to Robbie Howard that year. So. Um, tough customer um, in the same vein, probably not on the same level of Pat glory, but it'll be kind of interesting to see how the young guy does. Right. Cause we, we know Pat glory is pretty dang good. Um, you know, depending on what March looks like probable national finalist um, that'd be kind of fun. Um, I know that everybody wanted to see Spencer Pat glory. I wanted to see Spencer Pat glory. Uh, we all did. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So um, 
kind of stinks. But yeah, I mean, that's, you know, um, I, I guess that's maybe where we start. I don't know. I, you know, Iowa wrestled a handful of guys at Luther. Princeton's hit the mat a little bit. What do we know about Princeton so far? And by we, I mean you, because you're the expert here. Yeah. Um, like I said before, I talked to, I keep name dropping, but I talked to Coach Ayers today. Um, and his big thing was, you know, Iowa has all these sixth and seventh year guys and Princeton, you're probably going to see four or five, maybe six freshmen in the lineup. And we were kind of cracking jokes like, yeah, they're going to be Iowa, you know, they're the other, the team of uncles. <laughs> so, you know, we're going to see a big clash of experiences there. See a lot of, you know, fully grown men in Iowa versus some kids fresh out of high school, you know, maybe second year guys in, in the college here um, for Princeton. So going to be a lot pretty lopsided when it comes to experience but you know this Princeton team is young I think they're hungry they haven't competed in a while as you know um they took last year off for COVID you know so this team's excited to go man and you know I think the coaching staff loves coming to Iowa they love the atmosphere they breathe that stuff um obviously wrestling there is a is a task in itself you know I think some of these guys younger guys going to be shell-shocked a little bit which we kind of like to see, you know, we usually see out of, you know, no matter the experience of the guy coming in the Carver Hawkeye. So, I mean, I mean, what do you think? You're going to be some matchups that are close and there'll probably be some battles where Iowa's probably the heavy favorite, I would imagine. Yeah. We may not be getting Spencer glory, but um, you know, you and I were kind of running through a few of these weights before we hit record here. And, and there's a couple of pretty good matchups. I would think, I think the big one we both circled was at 157, Caleb Young, Quincy Monday, um, they had wrestled previously. I think it was what the 18, 19 and the nineteen twenty season back when Iowa and Princeton had dueled, um, yeah. one and one. So that'll be kind of interesting to see where both of those guys are at. Um, and then the other one, I think, um, caught my eye. It sounded like it caught yours too. 184. Travis Stefanik goes for Princeton. Abe Assad, it sounds like it's going to be the dude at 184 for Iowa. Um, which I think that'll be an interesting test for both guys. Right. Cause I think we really want to see where Abe Assad is at, um, you know, and at the same time, like Travis Stefanics, he seems like a known commodity, right? So it's, you know, wh where does he stack up against a guy that I know that, um, I know I'm pretty high on, I don't know how high yet, which I think is what makes this matchup super intriguing. Mm. I, what is it about those matchups or are there other matchups that maybe catch your eye? Yeah, I know just going 184 Stefanik, um, he beat brands, uh, two years ago, last time they wrestled, you know, so he's got a win over an Iowa guy. I think that was in Carver Hawkeye, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so Stefanik, you know, he has that experience there. So I don't think the crowd's going to get to him. Um, Abe Asad brands, you know, they're pretty level, you know, from my understanding, maybe you might know more. Um, but I know Asad just dropped a match to a high school kid, a, a pretty good high school kid, you know, last weekend. But again, first time down away, first competition of the year, you can't really take those things, you know, for too much. Um, I, I think that's going to be a good one. Going back to 57, you said this will be the rubber match between Monday and young. I think that'll be a good one too. Quincy dangerous. He got the doubles on his feet. He's got the headlocks. You know, he's, he's, he's a fun wrestler to watch. Um, young, a little more slower pace, methodical, uh, maybe a little bit clash of styles there. We'll see. I think that'll be a good one too. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, still not sure. I mean, just kind of looking up and down the lineup a little bit based on the probables that I got, maybe you can correct me uh, for Princeton. It looks like it's going to be uh, glory, um, at 25, obviously Nick K all, is that how you pronounce that at 33? I, I believe so. Yep. Yeah. So Nick K all 33, they listed two guys at 41, Nick masters and Jacob Mann. Um, then you got Josh breeding at 49, obviously Monday at 57, uh, Grant Como at 165, um, 74, a couple of guys, Mikey Squires and, um, who's that Luca Pontone is that, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'm probably butchering these. Yeah. Uh, couple guys again at 84 Travis Stefanik one of them and then Forrest Belly was another one and then Luke Stout at 197 and then Jack Del Garbino at heavyweight for Iowa Jesse Ybarra at 25 Austin DeSanto and Colin Shriver both listed at 33 Jaden Ironman at 41 they got three guys listed at 49 uh Caleb Young at 57 Alex Marinelli at 65 TBD at 74 which is kind of funny wow um Abasad at 84, both Jacob Warner and Zach Glazier at 97, and then Tony Cassiope, who also competed at the U23 World Championships. He's back at heavyweight. Um, one guy that you mentioned, and I was kind of curious to, to pick your brain a little bit about this, uh, Luke Stout at 197. You said that's a guy that, that you're kind of curious to see how he stacks up, whether it's Warner or Glazier. Like what, what kind of excites you about this guy? What makes him so intriguing? Yeah, well, honestly, he's I think he's Princeton's top you know, incoming freshman this year, first year out of high school. Um, he's actually my EIWA newcomer of the year for my preseason awards. 
Um, I think he's going to he pretty much smash everyone at the Southeast Open, you know, last weekend where they were. Um, very good uh, Western Pennsylvania guy. Um, he was, I think, top two or three in the country at a high school at his weight class. So, yeah, he's, he's going to be a good guy. Um, Coach Ayers was expecting Warner to be there. Um, doesn't think he's quite at Warner's level yet about Stout, but he is one to see, you know, it'd be a good gauge for him. You know, if, if he's a top eight guy, he's a top 20. You're not even ranked yet. You know, it's kind of tell with these with these true freshmen. Um, but I think, yeah, that'll be a good match there. He's kind of, he's just strong as an ox. Still, like I said, still young, fresh out of high school. He's going to get better as the year goes on. Um, so maybe him versus Warner happens in March. It could be a different outcome. But yeah, I'm excited to see him wrestle. I haven't seen him in person yet. Um, like I said, he only has one competition at the Southeast Open. Pretty much killed everyone there. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see. I mean, do you know anything about Stout at all? I mean, you're not much of a Pennsylvania guy, but you know, he was yeah, I don't know. I don't know too much. Um, obviously I know that, you know, his record, it, it says it's three and oh, um, you know, our guys on, on our friends at Russell stat, I was kind of plugging in a couple of guys before I, um, hit record here just to kind of see what it was. Russell stat says that both of the Iowa guys are going to beat him. I don't know how true that is. Um, cause if I'm reading the tea leaves correctly, and I don't know, kind of mentioned this to you. I, I think, I think it'll probably be Zach Glazier that goes at, at 97. Who's he's pretty good, right? He's, he's long and lanky. He's, he's younger. He's from Minnesota, um, made the finals of the junior world team trials and he ended up losing to the world champ. Right. So Rocky Elam's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So that was in straight matches. Um, the thing that stuck out about Glazier, I think, um, in that series specifically, um, was just the adjustments he made between matches one and two. He was really able to, um, I don't know. I, he wasn't really able to get to his offense a, a ton because Rocky Elam's pretty good, right? But he was able to limit a lot of what Rocky did well in the first match in the second match. So it was a lot mm. lower scoring in the second match because um, I know sometimes in those series, the first match is closed and the second match is, is blown open a little bit. And then, you know, sometimes it, it's the other way around where the first match is kind of lopsided and the second one's a little bit closer. Um, so, you know, adjustments were made there. I think we'll see him. He wrestled at the Luther open, um, this past weekend, um, thought he looked solid. Um, yeah, that's, you know, I, and if he sees Warner, um, you know, again, like, I don't know much about Luke style, but I think there's, I think there's something to learn maybe from, you know, either guy, that steps on the mat against him. Right. Cause in Warner, you've got a bona fide, you know, top five guy and in Zach yeah. got, um, you know, pretty good age level wrestler, but um, you know, obviously when you're behind Warner, it's kind of hard to gauge really where you're at. So we, we might learn a little bit more about his standing maybe at the Midlands. If he goes and competes there, I don't know. It's right there next to the Rockfin duels. Right. So I just, I'm not sure who all they're going to send to that tournament, but, but yeah. 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 And that's kind of the gauge I got um, with, the Prince of lineup they're sending. Um, they have three or four guys that are slated to be starters. Just they're not coming into the second semester. Um, so this isn't Princeton's best lineup they're sending out. I kind of wish this duel was happening second semester so we could see, you know, a full strength team. But, you know, it is what it is. This COVID year kind of screwed a lot of eligibility guys up, especially for these Ivy League schools, um, you know, deferring, deferring a semester or two here and there. So, yeah, I think it'll be a good gauge to see how good this Princeton team is and then, if they do pretty well against this Hawkeye team and then their starters come, you know, starters come second semester, I think they're going to be that much better. Um, I'm expecting to be them to be a top two, top three team in the conference, you know, when it's all said and done and maybe they'll squeak out a top 15, top 10 finish at NCAs too, depending on where some of these guys go, you know, if glory makes the finals, that's a lot of points there, Stefanik stout, if they sneak on the podium, you know, Monday is definitely a guy that can do that too. So you know, they got a lot of firepower there. It's, you know, it's, it's a long season though. You know, we got to get to March 1st. Yeah. Well, and it's, and it's really cool that Iowa and Princeton um, have kind of, you know, they've, I don't want to call it a rivalry, but they've wrestled quite a bit over the last mm -hmm. few years. Right. Yeah. And so it's been kind of fun to see a little bit of the Ivy leagues, you know, cause Iowa doesn't traditionally, you don't really see them wrestle, you know, like Columbia or Cornell. I'd love to see Iowa wrestle Cornell year oh, after yeah, year. year out. Yeah. I think that'd be a blast, but. Um, versus Penn in the next few years, cause Penn's got some. Well, they got some heavy hitters coming in, don't they? Yeah, they got they got a pipeline coming. That's gonna be they're gonna be nasty, man. I'm excited for that in a few years. That's awesome. Well, I well, and I tell you what, with, with Princeton coming to Iowa City, um, I, there was a question I wanted to ask you just about the the Ivy League's wrestling against again this year. You know, obviously after not being able to last year, um, how how do they feel about basically taking an entire year off and now they basically get the normal season back again? Like I, you you've talked to the coaches, you're kind of glued in there. What's what's the vibe like coming into the season? I know a handful have already have competed, but um, you know, excited, duh. But like how how are they feeling after, you know, basically a whole year off? 
Yeah, well, Princeton, they're, they're, they're kind of special. Them and Penn, because they have the pretty successful um, RTCs. So they were actually doing a lot of freestyle stuff when they couldn't wrestle. So they were kind of working their neutral game a lot and, you know, the transitions and, you know, all the stuff that kind of translates over to folk style pretty well. Um, so they were, they were working on the mat and they were like, you know, no weight cutting. So a lot of guys, you see guys jumping up weights and, you know, as example, Penn, they had guys like Doug, Doug Zapp went from like 33 to 41. Now he's up to 57. Ravana was 41 up to 65, you know, so a lot of, some of these teams spent a lot of time in the weight room, which is, you know, what else are you going to do? You can't compete. Um, but I know talking to some of the coaches, that's they're like you said, they're excited. It was just a weird year, not being allowed to wrestle, but seeing other people wrestle, you know, so it's a weird thing for them. Um, I'm just going over my EIWA recap from this past weekend. This was Penn's first competition in 616 calendar days. So that's what, almost two years now, you know, so that's a long time for these guys to, if you were 25, 616 days ago, what are the odds you're going to make that again? You know, especially if you're out of high school before, another year and a half, you know, you're, you're going to grow, you know, so a lot of these guys, that's why another reason why I see these guys moving up in weights. You know, it's, it's a, it's a freaking long time, man. You know, these guys are excited to get back at it. And what better way to start your dual meet season than at Carver Hawkeye, for instance, <laughs> really is no better place. I think. Absolutely. Well, and a Carver Hawkeye that's going to probably have 14,000 people. I mean, they sold out their season tickets. Oh, I yeah. know people scooped up these tickets because obviously they wanted to see Spencer, Pat Glory, but also, you know, they want to see Princeton. They want to see these Hawkeyes like there's I mean, that's going to be I don't know if it's going to be a complete sellout, but it's going to be dang close. So like, you know, yeah. hey, w w welcome back to, to wrestling. You're going to get thrown right into the fire, right? Yeah. I mean, how if you're coming into Carver Hawkeye, how do you even prepare for that kind of noise level and just excitement? And you're going to get called for stalling in the first two seconds, <laughs> an Iowa guy. So like, it's a mental game you got to prepare for too. You know, like I said, it's, like I said before, like the experience might be a factor for some of these Princeton guys. They might be shell-shocked and it could be a blowout for Iowa or maybe these Princeton guys are well-trained and ready to go. They might keep some of the, catch, some of the matches close. You know, I don't know. Absolutely. Well, and I, I'm, I'm also kind of curious too, now that you brought it up, um, you know, I, maybe this is a weird two-part question because um, I know that a lot of the Ivy leagues have RTC programs or, or, or affiliates at least. Um, I One, could we see more of that? And then I guess the, the second part is like, you know, obviously with wrestling, a lot of freestyle, spending a lot of time in neutral. Have you seen that in the early, I know we're only a couple weeks in, but like, have you seen them? I, I don't know if, comfortable is more the right word or maybe they're a little bit more proficient in neutral like i what maybe what have you seen from some of the ivy leagues or maybe even princeton specifically through the first couple weeks of the year yeah well pretty much the only ivy leagues i saw was this past weekend at journeyman i saw um penn was there and harvard was there so they were the main two um penn looked really good in their feet um i saw a few matches they lost in tiebreaker you know with the ride out stuff so you know maybe that is from lack of mat wrestling over the past few years but you know, it's still early in the season. I think those those kinks will get kicked. Um, but going back to your first part, it's, you know, these Ivy Leagues, obviously they have the, the alumni support they need. They need the money. Um, that A lot of those programs have that. They just need to have the RTC programs, you know, ready to go. Um, most of them do have them. I know Brown and Harvard kind of split one, um, the New England RTC. So they're kind of driving 45 minutes each way. Um, kind of a hassle when it's, where it's not like Penn, where it's kind of a room kind of thing. I know Columbia has one that's in the city there with the New York RTC. So, um, and Cornell obviously has Spartan. So, you know, everyone has kind of their own thing. Princeton did share one with Rutgers. They branched out and kind of did their own thing just because they were driving. It was an hour away and, you know, they just kind of came to terms like, Hey, it's not working out. We're going to do our own thing. No hard feelings, you know? So Rutgers started their Scarlet Knight one. Princeton's still doing the New Jersey one. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going good. It's, I think RTCs are actually helping the Ivy leagues um, just because they can't do the scholarship thing at, you know, most other schools do. So this is kind of how they make up using their alumni funding support, you know, to these RTCs and get these guys, you know, to the U23s, get them to worlds, you know, get them the training partners they need to succeed, you know, during the year. So I think that's one positive the Ivy leagues have, have an impact from the RTC stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned Penn. I know that they, they seem to be the one that's making a lot of the noise, right? With, um, mm -hmm. you know, they, they, Brandon Slay's there, Mark Hall's there, Jordan Burroughs just recently made the move there, right? Like yeah. it's, 
that's, I mean, that is a loaded room and it's like, no wonder yeah. that they're cleaning up on the recruiting trail because like, who doesn't want to go wrestle with those guys. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, I hate to say it, but you know, Penn, I don't hate to say it, but people, a lot of people forget Drexel actually splits the Pennsylvania RTC with Penn. Um, so it's actually the Pennsylvania RTC, but everyone just calls it Penn for short. And they just think it's Penn. <laughs> they have a, they have a lot of, you know, coach has, you know, he was, he was a great freestyle wrestler back in the day. And, you know, Drexel has some guys in that room too that are competing. I know um, O'Malley was a U23, I think, runner-up to Lola from Nebraska. You know, so they got some guys there too. But yeah, it's it's Penn gets all the notoriety from it. But you know, Drexel, they're in there too, scrapping. He's you know, Penn's just a big name, um, especially with Burroughs in there now with the Pennsylvania RTC coach Slay, who's alumni from Penn. So you know, it, like I said, it's Penn gets a lot of credit, but Drexel they're putting in the work behind the scenes too. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's really awesome. Um, excited that the Ivies are back in action. Excited that Princeton is going to be making the trip to Iowa city this Friday. Um, it's going to be awesome. Um, can catch it on, I believe BTN plus big 10 plus whatever the heck they're calling it now. I think so. Yep. yep. Yeah. So that's, that's how people can watch it. I'll be in the building. Um, going to be raucous. It's going to be awesome. Austin, do you have, I uh, dare I ask if you've got a prediction? I mean, I think, I think we both think that Iowa might be, a little too strong for this particular iteration of Princeton. Um, but I, mm -hmm. how do you think this ultimately unfolds? I mean, looking at the lineups here without Lee, I think glory will definitely win. Um, I think Monday, Monday is a toss up. I, I'm going to go Monday just cause you know, it's, he's my EIWA guy. <laughs> um, I'm going to go Stefanik with the other toss up too. And then I'm going to go stout. So I think Princeton might be able to pull out four, four wins there. Um, I think four would be the number. It would probably be closer to three. I think one of those guys is going to drop one, probably get Carver, you know, but I, I think, it, I think there'll be some good matches in there. I think there might be some blowouts, but you know, that's expected. It's freaking Iowa. They're, they're, they're amazing. <laughs> no. Yeah. They, I they think got, so. they got all doctors in their team. <laughs> they got doctors in air. Quotes, yeah. Right. Yep. Um, yeah, no, I think you hit on it. I think, you know, if, if Princeton's going to win some matches, I think those are probably the weights, right. Glory um, 57, obviously I think is a toss up, um, you know, the 84 and 97, we both talked about how interesting those are. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I, you look at 41, you look at 65, right. You look at, um, heavyweight, that's probably where I was going to score some bonus, maybe even 33 as well. Um, assuming mm -hmm. DeSanto is probably going to be the guy might just be a little bit too much. Um, I wouldn't rule out 49, just kind of curious to see, you know, who they end up throwing out there. It's been a while since Vince Turk, um, has wrestled live. If he ends up being the guy, Kobe Seabrecht's also just a young guy that, you know, if he wrestles, it'd be his Carver debut. Um, you know, and the other guy they have listed there, Brett Lee Reyna out of Florida. He's a, he's a true freshman, um, eligibility wise, he's been in the room for a year. Um, he got a few matches last year at 57, but being down at 49, that, that looks like his, his weight. Um, so we'll kind of see what they do there. And then obviously 74, not hundred percent sure. Michael Kemmer is going to be the guy come March. Um, don't know if we'll see him this first duel. We could see maybe potentially Nelson brands. We could maybe potentially see mm -hmm. Brennan Swafford, um, handful of different options there, I think at 174. So, um, yeah, but I, th I think if I, I'm kind of with you in there in agreement that if, if Princeton's going to win, um, you know, looking at 25, 57, um, 84, 97. So, um, yeah, that was I, I don't know, man. You got you got any other parting thoughts? I, I'm, I'm glad we got you on to, to talk about Princeton. You got any final final thoughts or, or things maybe we need to keep an eye on going into this duel on Friday? No, I mean, I, I think we pretty much hit the nail on the head. Um, I'm going to stick with my my four wins for Princeton. But like like we said, anything can happen at Carver. And didn't Mark Hall wrestle his first match there and he lost and then he won nationals that year? <laughs> I think I think Mark Hall is 0-2 at Carver Hawkeye Arena. If that if that yeah. says anything at all, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like it's so unpredictable. Anything can happen. But yeah, I'm gonna stick with four wins for the Tigers here. Um yeah, I, I think that I think they're gonna pull it off. At least those four, I should say. But I'm I'm gonna stick into that. Righteous, man. Well, hey, I appreciate you coming on to break down Princeton for us. Um and I don't know. What, like, do, do any of the EIWA guys go to, I'm trying to think, like, do they go through the Midlands? Otherwise we may not see another Ivy league team, or at least the, the Hawkeyes may not. Cause I know that Northern Iowa and Iowa state, I don't believe they wrestle any Ivies. Um, I'm trying to think if they go to any tournaments that might have some Ivy league teams or EIWA teams, um, but otherwise. Yeah I, it may not the, be yeah. I know there's a few going to Midlands. I think Princeton, I think Harvard's going there. Righteous. 
off the top of my head, I'd have to look up schedules. But yeah, I think those two at least are going to be there. Um, and a bunch are going there. Cliff Keen, too. I know you have some Big Ten teams going there as well. Yeah. Most likely. So, yeah, we might be chatting again in the future. Who knows? Yeah, righteous. Well, hey, we, we will line it up um, if that is the case. And um, until then, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate the time. And, uh, um, yeah, we'll, I'll probably be shooting you some text here and there on Friday night as the duel unfolds. Yeah, definitely, man. Keep me posted. Big thank you to Austin for taking some time this week um, to just kind of riff on Iowa-Princeton, right? Hopefully going to tap into um, a lot more of these Intermat guys that I'm working alongside with this season and a handful of others to bring you guys some fun shows this season. Um, I know the podcast never really fully goes away, uh, but now that the season is really here in full swing and it's the final week of the Iowa high school football season, we're going to be back to full wrestling virtually all the time. Excited for some shows that I got planned for later this year. Um, so yeah, that's, hey, Iowa-Princeton on Friday. Maybe I'll see you guys there. I don't know. There's going to be at least 14,000 people there probably. Um, and that's not counting me because I'll be sitting there on media row. Um, really excited to kind of watch these guys in action. Really excited to feel the crowd and the energy inside Carver this Friday. Um, and very excited, obviously, to watch a handful of these matches um, between Iowa and Princeton. Think the duel's still going to be very intriguing, even if uh, some of the Hawkeye star power may not be taking the mat come Friday. So, hey, um, always little things to look at, always a lot of big things to talk about. And as always, thank you so much for listening, guys. All I've got today, um, be sure to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, your Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your shows. Follow your boy on Twitter at Cody Goodwin, on Instagram, Cody J. Goodwin. And of course, be sure to subscribe to the Des Moines Register to catch all my stories, mailbags, analysis, and videos. Um, I'm going to be trying doing more video recaps after each big competition, high school and college-wise. It's obviously going to include um, Friday's duel at Carver. Um, don't want you guys to miss any of that. Don't want you guys to miss any of the written content and all the stories that we've got planned. I know I've said this before. Please, please go check out the subscription deals that we've got going on six months for a dollar. That literally takes you all the way to the NCAA wrestling championships and more. Um, I don't want you guys to miss a thing. Please go do that now. Um, you can find links to do all of that as well as stories from this past week in the show notes. So go check it out. Go do that. I'll see you guys on Friday. Thanks a bunch for listening and we will talk again soon. 